Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. And welcome to episode eight of Genderful with Gender Meowster. I'm Gender Meowster, your host, and I use they, them pronouns. With me tonight, not only is Nefertiti the cuddly, but we have three, three plural systems joining us tonight to talk about plurality and gender. I wanted to give you all a heads up that we have some possible content warnings for this stream. This is the second half of the night, so it is going to be a bit more intimate in terms of people's actual stories. It's going to be a bit more, we're going to talk about heavier stuff. That's the short version. So possible content warnings include discussions of childhood trauma, sexuality, mental health, discussions of transphobia, homophobia, ableism, light references to kink, and possible references to suicidal ideation, self-harm, and car crash. I believe also PTSD might come up. And these are just some of the things that might happen. There could be even more things. At any point, you can do exclamation point CW in the chat to get those content warnings again. Maybe not. This is also, since this is a new episode, this is also a fundraiser for Elle, who is seeking feminization surgery. You can donate with the link that's being posted periodically in the chat. And we appreciate all of your support. We've already hit over $8,000 for our goal, and the end goal is $13,000, and that would allow Elle to have facial feminization surgery, which is extra great because your face is the first thing in the morning, and so to not have the dysphoria that comes with seeing your face and have it not look how you expect would be wonderful. So really briefly, let's have you all do, again, names and pronouns and any other brief but relevant piece of information you'd like to share. And then we're going to dig more into some biography pieces and also more specifically the topics of gender and plurality. So we'll do left to right, top to bottom. So we'll have L go and then Ian Lane and then Prismatic System. Hi, it says L there. That's at the start of the prior episode. That's what we're going with, is the name of our system in a sense. Right now, it's Liz. We switched near the end of the last episode. I use she it pronouns, and I might make a appearance at some point throughout this, but we are a sort of two-person system, two and a half. It's she, her, a non-binary woman. We've got me, Liz, she, it, a binary as much as there is such a thing, woman. And then L, which is like a you think of Steven Universe fusion type stuff, uh, a blend, a, a gestalt blend of the two of us that is more than the sum of her parts. We help with a lot of different Discord communities and modding in some degree for livelihoods, some not. We're neurodivergent, we're trans, ADHD, ASD, disabled, etc. Yeah, I think that's about it for me. Awesome. Thank you. Next, we have Ian and Lane. I'm a game developer and I've been aware of being plural for about about half a year. I'm also trans non-binary and my headmate Lane is 
trans feminine. I use they and it pronouns. And we talked a little bit about the it its pronoun set on the last episode. If you're interested in that. And Lane uses Lane uses she and they pronouns. And next we have prismatic system. Yeah, hi. That's that's me. Or us rather. I'm Harley Mist. I use she and they pronouns. I have two headmates, M and Alexia. M uses she and they pronouns, and Alexia uses she and her pronouns. And I am just gonna switch out to M now, because yeah, I talked through all of the last episode. Hi, Harley. Hi, M. Nice to meet all of you. I am. Welcome in. Hey. Hey, M. Fancy seeing you here. If I wind up switching too, we'll have an M&M thing going there. Hey. I love it. Awesome. Okay. I think the next most potent question is, how did you discover or become aware of your plurality? What was part of that story? And I think part of the content warnings is because with this biography piece, we may get into personal traumas and things. So just so the audience knows, this is the bit we've been warning you about. <laughs> but the mature label is on the stream. And yeah, please share about your experiences. I don't know what order you all would like to go in. So it ties a little bit into our transness too, which probably won't be a surprise to a lot of people existing as a trans person in this world is trauma. And not all plural systems are the result of trauma, to be clear. But in our case, at the very least, it played a pretty major part, we believe. We aren't entirely sure where the, the split happened or whatever you want to call it, but our best guess is that it was probably around the onset of puberty. Our family life was getting a lot worse with regard to, you know, verbal and emotional abuse, things like that. And it was the onset of puberty, which should stay a lot right there. As a trans girl in a world that was even more unaccepting of it than now, without the language to describe it, without people to look to, to explain it. And also our chronic health conditions set in then as well. One major event we can think of is we were, as many autistic people are called, overly sensitive, so to speak. That got drilled into us a lot. And our dad would yell at us when we'd cry and we'd cry more. And that was a, a cycle, a loop. Until finally we stopped, we largely just stopped crying. We think it was probably around then. And that M was the, the main front from then for a very long time that she took over. And that I was either in the background or barely around. It took us until we were, what, 25, 26 to realize we were trans once we'd gotten away from the primary abusive elements, worked through those, peeled back the layers. You can think of Shrek like the onion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we figured that out a few days after Trump was elected. That wasn't great. I'm sorry. Year before that, we started hormones around then. Went through transition. Largely, she sort of took on the brunt of the world and weathered that, which is, we believe, in a way that there are some parallels to the prismatic gals. Why she's so much more worn out now, and I'm the one that's much more bubbly and all of those things, because it was the one that went through transition and handled all of that to the best of our knowledge. And it wasn't until mm -hmm. early last year, late the year before, 
that we started coming into contact with the concept of plurality. And it just, it piqued our interest in a way that looking back on it, the same way that being trans did, it interested us and we were a good ally and all of that. But as we met more and more plural systems, personally, that continued on. And in summer of last year, in a Discord server we were in, we saw someone talking about being plural is a lot like being trans. If you hang out with a lot of people that are, and you've considered it somewhat consistently, and maybe it gnaws at you some, there's a decent chance. So, as it was a few months before, a couple of people we knew had said they got plural vibes from us, and we then asked them the next day, what did you mean by that? And they're like, I'm sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> that wasn't very helpful. Apparently one night when we were very tired at the same time, we said we thought we might be to someone, but probably not. But yeah, that night just reached out and found me. And we had some degree of dialogue the way that we can when we're very intentional with it. And slowly figured it out, persist that Harley had mentioned during the prior episode was amazing. We talked with her for, I don't know, six hours or so. She was immensely patient. And interestingly, through the process of figuring ourselves out, cementing that more, figuring ourselves out more, talking to our friends about it that we felt that we could, the ones that were the most receptive, coming out to some degree on the couple of Discord servers that we spent the most time on. It turned out that we incidentally cracked a lot of other plural eggs. <laughs> One of those happening to be Ian and Lane, not solely, of course, it was not just us, but we certainly played a reasonably large part that they'll talk about. I don't want to take too much credit. But it, it definitely was a thing that was, it was nice in that way and seeing all those other people. Yeah, I, I think I'll leave it there. There's more to say on other topics later. Awesome. Who else would like to do the, the biography question? Yeah, I can, I can go next for sure. I, as goes back quite a way in that when we were going through early transition we started to to get back a lot of repressed memories about moments in our life where we'd effectively figured out that we were trans before and had just locked that up and been like, okay, that's not a thing that we can do anything with at the time. Going right back to late childhood before teenage years. And among the memories that we got back was remembering in late high school years having this sort of uncharacteristically visual mental experience of multiple people in our head a man and a woman and a or at the time we thought of it as a man and a woman and some other entity who we now sort of characterize as our best at the time understanding of all the bits of ourselves that we didn't enjoy or were afraid of, didn't like the sort of the depression, the RSD, the inconsistency that we had with thinking sometimes that part is as best we can figure out what or was a metaphor but the more masculine figure maps well pretty well onto me and the more feminine figure at the time mapped pretty well onto lane 
and what we were, saw at the time was the was Lane effectively fading back and not being around and me coming to the front and that's pretty much how we stayed for the next like two and a half decades and when we were yeah about a year and a bit ago during HRT during transition presenting more feminine trying out different styles it was still me fronting at the time we hadn't heard of plurality at all we hadn't really had much context for examining that memory and there was a moment we were on the bus coming back from getting our ears pierced or I was on the bus coming back from getting my ears pierced and there was this feeling that it still felt like an I was doing it thing because when we switch when someone takes over fronting they become the new I so I was on the bus having like pretty pleased with the how the piercing had gone and then I took over from me and at the time we conceptualized it as taking apart the the part of our psyche that had been representing us as a more acceptable version of ourselves and over the next six months or so a few things happened one lane was fronting pretty much full-time it's not in retrospect it probably wasn't entirely full-time but pretty much full-time and we learned a lot about plurality from friends from from like other resources that people gave us met a bunch of plural people and could immediately see like how that tied into the experiences we'd had but we didn't feel like we were plural like Layden didn't feel plural she was just being herself and the amount that we we learned an awful lot from being quite close to Em and Liz as they discovered their own plurality and shared a lot about how they were feeling their process and from some of our other friends at the time who went through that process shortly after and at this point yeah there was a a piece of social drama that happened and Lane had effectively a breakdown like she had a really hard time she was very worried about what was going to happen in her friendships and one evening I found myself fronting and feeling like myself from quote unquote before having a very different sort of perspective on our relationships on what I found amusing, entertaining, like right back. It is like mentally jump back like six months. And over the course of that weekend, it became clear quite quickly that it was consistent with what people had experienced 
in terms of plurality. And from there, we just slowly started to figure things out. And as mentioned earlier, might have been in the previous, it was definitely in the previous episode. It was had to do with the it, it's pronouns. I had been extremely depersonalized at the time. And since that happened, there's been a lot of me discovering who I am as a separate person from Lane, which has been really interesting because when I started running again, it really wasn't clear that was going to happen at all. Very much felt like I was going to be this non-person entity still with not a whole lot that I was interested in. And, and Lane would be the person who really had drive and interests. But now we both have our own sort of place in our life and it works quite well. Awesome. And let's see, we have M as part of Prismatic who hasn't answered at all about the biography question. And I know that I think Liz wanted to circle back. Which um, of you would like to go next? I, I'm, I'm fine with, with them going. Anything I might say is building off of what they might. Cool. Yeah. She might. Either is fine for me, honestly. So, hi, I'm from the Prismatic System. And I, I, it's interesting sort of thinking about our system and our origins and where we came from. And there's two terms that I would like to bring up here, which traumagenic system and endogenic system. And the basis of this is a traumagenic system is a system that is ostensibly created through trauma, whereas an endogenic system is one that might evolve completely naturally outside of trauma. There is a subset of the plural community that thinks that people claiming to be endogenic systems faking or that they don't have memory of whatever the trauma that they supposedly experienced was. And for us, it was a mix because I think that we probably had a bit of an indigenic system stuff going on to begin with because back in the day it felt a lot like there was more than one of us except that at the time we were all more or less the same so it was more like an 8 track video versus a mono radio or something like that lots of different outputs of the same thing but obviously yeah we we did end up traumatized by life and life's compatriots so we found out or figured out that we were trans somewhere between when we were nine and when we were 11. it yeah a little bit of a content warning for kink stuff here. We we have memories of going to our parents' computer in the middle of the night and then Googling with safe search off turn me into a girl. And of course when you Google that with safe search off back in back in the early two thousands, you would tend to get some results that referred to a 
particular kink called forced feminization, <laughs> which was our gateway to discovering that we were trans, and we probably shouldn't have been reading hardcore porn stuff at ages like that. But I actually it... have heard about that from a lot of trans people. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've heard that's totally one of the Normal. gateway experiences. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Thanks for normalizing that by sharing about it. Appreciate it. Yeah. When you're a kid and you're looking for resources on things and resources on those things either don't exist yet or are very, yeah, not good or extremely obscure as they were at the time. I didn't know. We didn't know that you could be trans. The The most we had seen was a couple of drag queens, which wasn't exactly what we wanted to be. And our parents talking shit about uh, a man who was having to be allowed to wear the nurse's uniform at the hospital for some reason, which going back to that conversation later, it, it made it clear that person was gender divergent from cis stuff. And yeah, so that, uh, that was, uh, yeah, definitely a, uh, a thing. So we came across that, but yeah. Our mum is, she had a lot of abusive behaviours, some of which she's gotten better on, and she was very controlling of what we could do, what we could see, who we could interact with, and yeah, because of that, who we were was forced into, it's like when you make a bonsai tree and you keep it small, and you keep it looking how you like, and growing how you like, and for a tree, that can be nice, because trees can be decorative, and uh, yeah, but when you try to do it to a person, it's not very good. And I'm gonna go back, because I see that somebody in the chat is saying that they have issues with the forced feminization kink, and uh, yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of criticisms you could make of that kink. But yeah, that's, that's what it was. That's what it is. I think. I mean, this is why we need more representation, and, right? Yeah. Like in general, I we think, just need more representation of trans and non-binary people in the media. Exactly. Because then people so many can have more discoveries that are novel. not rooted in only sexual related things. Yes, mm. Liz. I figured I'd quickly say something on that as well before M continues. I didn't have the same experience that M had, but when you are living in a world that often tells you don't exist or that it's wrong to transition or so many things like that, part of the appeal for many people of Force Femme is if it's not in your control, quote unquote, then it's okay. If you don't have the choice because it's quote unquote force, then you're not responsible for it. And it's a way to explore that. So there absolutely are many of the sorts of issues you talked about or that I'm just brought up, but there are, it's not without its value. And although that specific avenue wasn't so much one that we took, it was on, oddly enough, the case that we read a lot of content that had that as a theme and that 
was both helpful and played into the, oh, this is just a fetish thing for a long time. <laughs> and it took some work mm -hmm. to, to tease those apart in the same way that so many trans people of, of, of any sort have the, do I want to be them or do I want to be with them thing that generally is resolved as they begin to realize themselves. And to take it a little further, like, I started to show up a lot more when, and I guess this is where the CW for, for pink stuff comes up as well, is the year that we realized we were plural is also the year that we started engaging some in what is called a hypno kink. The use of hypnosis in a kink context, you may have heard of or, or all those sorts of things. And it so happens that when we engaged in that, I was the one that wound up fronting and it took a bit to tease apart the fact that I tended to front when that sort of trigger was on, but I was not that. And it took a lot of work later once we teased that apart to be able to start fronting on my own in a real way. It's like exercising a muscle because I hadn't in a real way done so in such a long time that I guess building up some level of endurance. So I'm not saying there aren't, I'm not disagreeing with you entirely, but I, I want to make sure that we note the benefits of that as well, which which you seem to be acknowledging some in chat. I, I think I just thought so. So yeah, back to you, Em. Yeah, so continuing with our bio. Pause just for one moment, because right. about ten, 10 minutes ago in the text chat, Ian said, that they are tired and want to go to bed. So I wanted to give Ian a chance to say goodnight to everyone and switch to Lane. And then we can hear the rest M of your bio, please. Hardly okay. Awesome. Bye Ian. See you later. Yeah, hey, Ian. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, I will, it's been nice reading the chat and everything. So I'll see folks around and let Lane show up. Awesome. Good night, Ian. Thanks for being our guest. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'm going to take this moment to remind folks that this is also a fundraiser for Elle's feminization surgery. The link is being posted regularly in the chat, and we appreciate any amount of money you are willing to give, willing and able to give. You are supporting not only a trans person, but a trans person who is taking three hours on stream and countless hours before stream, preparing to share all of this very juicy content with you. And <laughs> Lane and M are also here supporting and engaging with Liz and the rest of Liz's system in this endeavor. So thank you so much, everyone, for showing up. I appreciate you dropping lurks, hanging out, talking in chat, and uh, let's continue. Hi. Your hair looks really nice today. Elaine. Thank you. <laughs> it's they make fun of us actually sometimes for it because like we we pretty much always do something like different with our hair and it's not like uh some kind of plural way to differentiate ourselves is because we tend to get a little bit of dysphoria out of the way that each other present. So like a lot of the time you'll be like, oh, there goes the hair. Like here's, here's Lane or the hair's going back. It's Ian. And yeah, it, it, it's kind of, it's a nice shorthand in some ways, but it's not intended as that. Awesome. I appreciate the visual indicator. I can also tell the way that your voice is and your entire body language has totally shifted, which is really cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. 
people people pointed that out to us and we didn't know beforehand like particularly the body language thing was a bit big sort of shock to be like oh okay that's really different then and there's there's a physical sensation for us when we switch there's like a a feeling of like pressure at different parts in our head that spreads which again even having in talked about how much we talk to people even having done that so much we really didn't expect a physical sensation that would mark things so clearly which sort of gave us more of a pause a moment to be like okay this is definitely something happening this is not just us pretending awesome Welcome when I first got on with, um, oh, sorry. That's okay. I was just saying welcome to the show. Also, a reminder to our guests, to please hydrate. When we first got on today, it was Ian, and we specifically didn't check the, the crystal heart they were using. And said, wait, don't talk. And I just looked at the way they were holding their face. I was like, Ian? It was like, bam, got it again. It's very stark. It's fun. Learning new ways, noticing new ways, telling them new ways that there's that differentiation is, yeah, it's nice. We have also been known for not actually realizing that we sound different when we, yeah. And obviously the differences can be different, especially if Harley's being serious. She'll tend to sound a lot more like me. But yeah, I, I guess I'll continue with my, my bio. Thank you for your patience. It's okay. So yeah, trauma, parental trauma, school trauma we neurodivergent trans plural didn't really fit in and we we were as a, a gestalt very tactile and i'm not now for trauma reasons that came a bit later on but harley came about because we were forced to repress a lot of that tactile nature a lot of that being very puggy cuddly wanting to hold hands sort of things that's that's seen in a lot of places as very unmasculine and something to stamp out and our parents didn't intentionally do that they definitely gave those social signals and school did intentionally do that and other kids parents did and other kids did and so we repressed that part of ourselves and over time it gradually developed into Harley. And so as it stands, as we are aware, our first two system members were Harley and Alexia. And then another system member developed who is no longer around. I'm her successor, but she was the ablative shield version of us who had to go out and do everything and survive everything and uh, it's uh, very much yeah it wasn't good for her she ended up going through a lot and uh, it was not at all good for us but at the end of high school having gone through everything that we went through and we were definitely suicidal at various points and there hallucinating all sorts of things it was a very traumatic time at the end of high school she constructed me out of her ideals of what she wanted to be and then just fed me most of her memories and just disappeared 
gone retrospect it feels like I ended up eating bits of her but like in the sense where I didn't have a choice and it made me feel very much like a constructed persona and I've had a lot of insecurity about that over the years because <laughs> yeah obviously I am real and I exist and I have my own likes and dislikes and so on but it's if somebody else gave me those likes and dislikes in a sense different from our bio parents instilling those in us which was also traumatic to an extent because a lot of decisions you know about who you are and what you like and what you get to do and having to stay within those boundaries means that you end up having to piece together who you are as a person later after getting out of that environment and of course we had to deal with the issues of trying to piece together who we were as a person while simultaneously being three people and not knowing it so <laughs> there was a lot of oh i definitely like this thing i definitely do we've bought things like this before that means we obviously have some liking for it but yeah i can't help but find myself really disliking this and just put up a front until we liked it again that was in hindsight because i don't necessarily like the things that my headmates like so Wait, you, are, you put up a front you carry on honey, I had honey we like puns around here it's true <laughs> yes but she also likes when i get exasperated everything. with them we make a good pair in that regard I do have a, a question to interject on that topic, mm -hmm. if I may. If to your level of comfort, I wonder if your three systems would be open to sharing more with the chat slash audience a bit about your relationships to each other. So this is shifting into the gender and sexuality topics. Like I'm interested in talking about not only what it's like being in relationship, relationships, plural, many plurals go there, more puns, with each other, but also how different selves interacting with each other might impact your gender roles, if there are any, or have you deconstructed some of the gender roles? What is there aspects of oneself that brings out other pieces um, in each other? All of these sorts of about, questions. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. actually about to get there from my bio because when we well when harley and alexia realized for sure that we were plural we were back living at our parents place a year or two ago which was not good for us and not a good time and i was pretty adamant that we weren't plural and i put up a big fight um about it and when we eventually did come out as plural we had just started dating somebody had only been dating for maybe a month or two and that particular person is as far as i know in the chat right now she's lovely she drew our avatar especially for this especially for this talk awesome and she tends to draw harley some when she's around because they have fun punning and joking and doing silly voices and things and it's fun to let them because it's adorable but i was still putting up a fight and when Harley started fronting more often, it felt like she was taking over my life and it sucked. And she, our partner, she was so good about it. She was so accepting and so comforting that we'd come out as plural. And she posted something really nice in the chat earlier about it, which 
if you look for Grisly Giblets, who's just said da there, if you scroll up at some point, if you're interested in that, yeah, she said something extremely sweet about acceptance. And yeah, she's been so good and so understanding of our plurality as we have uh, all grown into ourselves more. And we do have slightly different relationships with her, but yeah. And then we're also dating L system, all of them. <laughs> we weren't all dating L system initially, but as Harley fell more and more in love with them by proximity and seeing how extremely good and lovely they are, I did too, and so did Alexia. So it was uh, definitely not an all at once thing, but I'm very glad for it. It's uh, yeah, there there are a bright spot in our lives and then Lane is also very good and lovable Aww. being all wholesome I love it so much thank you for oh I'm sorry go no ahead. you go ahead you go ahead I was just gonna thank Em for saying that and seeing her face she said it it was really sweet and it's yeah we haven't had a relationship with someone since having our realization where both me and Em weren't involved. I'm not sure quite how we'd navigate that, but it, it definitely was a thing where Harley is the main front there and it's her that we met first and interacted with most and that that did develop first and foremost and then grew to a you know, a whole system thing and our our six month dating anniversary was yesterday, I want to say and yeah, it was really nice and she's got a big grin on her face, so I had to say that too. I'm, I'm tattling. But yeah, I I care about them massively. I love I love them an extraordinary amount. And yeah, did you have do you have more to say, or should I move on to like more relationship stuff to say for me? Um, I'm I'm happy for you to move on to more relationship stuff. I covered most of the general skip steps to. Oh, I guess I missed one bit, which is that we did eventually start transitioning at age nineteen after going through high school, knowing. <laughs> that we were a woman but going to an old boys school so that that sucked a lot it happened we're here and i'm told that we're quite pretty so that's yeah that's true and thank you and <laughs> hello for the happy anniversary yeah thank you okay so the, the interesting thing that sort of like the the flip side to that where it's like the whole system is that with ian and lane it's not quite like that Lane is, I met Ian first when Ian was, we met Ian first when Ian was still the main friend. And then that sort of transition that I, I think Ian mentioned happened where everyone, including them, thought, hey, I'm, Ian is transitioning and Lane, before they had their realization and then got to know Lane really well until the realization occurred and they started to knowingly front separately. and. A lot of things were, were clarified and for us it was pre our realization too at the start so it was basically an ian rm <laughs> our emily getting to know ian and then both of us getting to know lane and, and lane is an incredibly dear friend that we care about so much that their system and the prismatic gals tell basically anything in, in the world and We've leaned on 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 Lane and vice versa, and there is absolutely the flirty and sexual element there that we've explored, and that's been lovely. And I can't say enough 
really lovely things about Lane in that way. And a while after Ian started funny again, in a way that showed us just the degree to which we are demi, which for those that don't know, demisexual, it's on the ace spectrum. I guess a simplified way to put it is you don't really have sexual attraction without a specific romantic or social bond, that personal bond, getting to, to know them. It lets that blossom bloom in a way that obviously people that aren't on that spectrum, that there's obviously a deepening and stuff like that, but we really, there just really isn't any of that for us, unless that's the case. And for us, we'll look at people and they will be attractive. They're pretty, they look nice. There is that, but these sort of visceral, oh, that person's really hot. There's like a visceral attraction. That's where that comes from. So when we got to know Ian better, there was a certain dynamic that developed there that has been a bit of a through line with our, our other relationships. And that's different. That's more, there is that visceral, low level attraction with Ian, where we've, you know, gotten uh, a little more in involved there for sure. And that's been a little more difficult to navigate too, because obviously if you've got a partner and their headmate is incredibly close with them, but it isn't if you have maybe a partner and a best friend that are coexisting separately, where you can talk to one and talk to the other, maybe even at the same time, one is there, the other is there generally speaking, and that can be difficult to navigate. It's figuring out, renavigating that dynamic and elements with both Ian and with Lane and, and figuring that out has been a real experience, but it's been a really lovely one. And I'm very grateful for having both of them in my life as we've gone through that. I don't think I could say anything more without repeating myself, but uh, love y'all a whole lot. So I'll pass things on. That was wonderful. Thank you. Lane, do you want to chime in on this topic as a whole? Sure. I can talk about being Demi because it's something that we noticed about ourselves like in high school that all of our friends would be like, oh, look at the girls in the magazines, aren't they hot? Like doing horny teenage stuff. And it would make us uncomfortable and they'd make comments about girls people they were attracted to and we just didn't feel it and when we did start dating it was always friends people who we were already close to that who we found attractive and there are still like there are people who shortcut that for us where like we kind of think oh that person seems like they would be like a good friend like it's a, a brain trick where we're like, oh, hey, that person's style and the way they talk, that kind of thing, makes us think that we know them better than we do. Uh, and that either lasts or doesn't. And if it doesn't, then we tend to lose that attraction really quickly. And there's also stuff going we have going on where if we're worried about, like, somebody getting offended or hurt by the way that we feel about them. Their, our feelings tend to shut down pretty hard. But yeah, overall, it's been very clearly since a young age that we just are not, don't have an interest in people unless we do have, somebody put it really well in chat. I think it was in it. Hello again, that 
we have to have an emotional connection to someone before we can develop like romantic or sexual feelings about them. Yeah. And my feelings, I get feelings a lot more strongly than Ian does. They often don't really feel them bodily at all. It's more of a mental, emotional state that affects their thinking. But I get crushes really strongly and all the time on people who I care about. And that's something that, yeah, that's the other side of it, actually, of being demisexual for me is that I get a lot of crushes and learn very early on that just because you got a crush on someone doesn't mean you have to have or pursue a relationship with them. You just let things go when they don't seem like something worth pursuing. And yeah, I do want to address the a question that came up in chat, which somebody asked, does that mean demi people don't consume porn? And it absolutely doesn't mean that, but it tends to mean that, for me at least, that I have to either have porn that has a lot of context about the relationship between the people in the porn, like in the narrative there, or I have to do an awful lot of work myself to construct that for, like on behalf of, of the writers and whoever created that piece of media in order for it to work for me. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I don't think we have a lot of time left for this topic, but I think as a system, as a whole, we are, we are probably uh, demi-romantic rather than demisexual. Harley's somewhat prolifically sexual. I'm, to some extent, more of an observer than not because I have uh, sexual trauma. I have a large degree of touch aversion. And Alexia is somewhat sexual, but she's she's inscrutable. Yeah. I, I think that I'm going to switch out at this point, and that will help with confusion if the other M happens to switch in. So it was nice talking to y'all, and thank you for having me. Thanks, Em. Bye, and that works well. It was nice to hang We're out, probably going to switch in a minute. Oh, go ahead. So now we have multiple switches folks are wanting to do. <laughs> so I will start to explain the next topic, but... Does Liz want to say goodbye, or have I just pulled you totally out of switching? We're about to. Sure. I'll go ahead and say bye. Next time you hear us, it'll be um, And that's a lot more stark than from L to me, so you'll probably notice pretty quickly. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Hi, y'all. It is Holly again. Hi, Harley. Welcome in. Hi, Harley. Smile. Switch here is done, too. This is Art. Hi, Em. Hi, Em. Hey, Em. Love you. And my inner... My inner... You, too. Butch Transbian toasts to your inner Butch Transbian. <laughs> okay, so we have a whole pile of things to talk about in our last 18 minutes. I'll tell you the topics. And so one topic is any advice on coming out? So there might be some eggs, if you will, in the chat. I've heard the eggs cracking all night. So if anyone has had an awakening during this, what advice do you want to give to them? There, there was a question about allyship, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna backseat that if we don't have time, because I think 
we should focus on the eggs first. So we're going to ask about eggs and then and your coming out advice, if any. And then we're going to ask for resources. And if there's time, we'll talk about allyship too. But first, eggs, <laughs> the hatching. Okay. Uh, I think one thing I want to say in regard to eggs is you will probably have heard of multiple personality disorder and dissociative identity disorder. And something to keep in mind there is that those I would generally pursue diagnosis only if it's like causing you lots of trouble if you've only just had your egg cracked because a lot of the psychological engine especially in America and other places like that with awful healthcare systems has a lot of prejudice against people who fall under the umbrella of plurality. For example, the guy who was in charge of, oh, I guess let's define egg real quick too, which is, it's a metaphor where you have an egg, you crack the egg, and then something else comes out of you having cracked that egg. An egg is somebody who hasn't discovered what they, what they might be, or something like that, is, is usually that sort of general thing. Yeah, it's, it's worth noting that we shouldn't refer to specific folks as eggs, because that can be quite rude, especially because, like, I had a friend in high school who his parents thought he was trans and kept trying to get him to come out, and then they thought he was gay and kept trying to get him to come out. He's just a really flamboyant cishet guy. <laughs> Don't try and force people to partake in an identity that, that isn't. Does anyone else have anything to say on the topic of eggs before I continue talking about DID and MPD? Maybe tendentially for a second, and that would be, you might even be about to touch on it, but just in case, if you do think you might be plural or you are on that road or someone, it's very important in a way that's e even more so than, than with being trans to a much, much greater degree important to think about who you want to come out to. Most plural mm. systems will not wind up coming out to the wider world. Uh, yeah. Many will not come out to almost anyone at all. And coming out to a therapist, which I know Harley definitely will touch on, is also very fraught. I'm lucky enough that I was able to tell my therapist. I was able to tell some friends beyond just some of these communities and a parent as well. But that's not that common. I'm pretty privileged and lucky to have been able to. So. Yeah, there's a lot of misunderstandings out there in a way that I think Harley's about to, to touch on more. Yeah. So this guy, who I generally call that fucker, and when that is the epithet that you used to refer to somebody, you can usually assume that person has a bunch of strong feelings towards them. And this particular guy, who was his name, I'm just double-checking it to make sure I get it right, is Alan J. Francis medical doctor and he's got a lovely article on the psychology today i guess it's a paper or something that has an online presence and in 2014 he posted an article called multiple personality mental disorder myth or metaphor my multiple per why multiple mis personality disorder fads come and go sorry my my voice is stumbling a bit because i'm getting a bit heated about this and he is somebody who doesn't believe in multiple personality disorder 
which is one thing. And I'm sure by extension he also doesn't believe in plurality at all, which is a whole other thing, because one of them's a diagnostic thing and the other one's a community. And he decided that because he didn't believe in it, he and his pals made sure that all the people who were on the panel for determining diagnostic criteria for disassociative identities of various sorts weren't on the panel for the next version of the DSM that he was organizing. And because of that, they were able to change the name and the diagnostic criteria from multiple personality disorder to disassociative identity disorder, which was meant to detract from its popularity as a diagnosis, but also makes it a lot harder to get a diagnosis. And a bunch of the materials that he's been a major part in sort of profligating and propagating makes makes it seem like it's not real. <laughs> I dealt with somebody who is quite probably plural, who was an awful person, who blamed all of his issues on multiple personality disorder in 2013. And I didn't believe him at all because I searched up stuff and found this guy's articles. That definitely stopped us from realizing we were plural for some time because we just didn't believe it existed at all. And so what I want to say about that fucker is don't listen to him. Don't listen to his friends. Like, he's awful. He's like the, what's his name, Ray Blanchard of plurality. Blanchard is, is if, if I'm getting the name, an awful man. And the one behind, what's it called? Something gender. Autogenophilia. Autogenophilia. Yes, that's the one. And okay, it's okay for people to love themselves. Okay? Like, I want to put this out there right now. You are allowed to love yourself. There's this huge culture of self-deprecation. And putting yourself down to make other people more comfortable. You're allowed to love yourself, and loving yourself as a trans person isn't that different to loving yourself as a cis person, or an autistic person, or an holistic person, or people of any ethnicity loving themselves. It's fine. And fuck that fucker and that other fucker is basically what I have to say on that topic. Yeah, so don't feel that you're awful if you think you're plural. You're, you're, you're not awful because you're plural. Like, that's... Yeah. Anyway, I, th I think that one of the others might want to go on because I've been ranting for a little bit. <laughs> I want to take oh. a very quick opportunity to say, oh, M's running and the hair's gone up because I never get to do that. <laughs> ah, yes, the slight antagonism. <laughs> Don't enjoy yourself too much, okay? <laughs> a brief question. Does clinical integration come across similarly violent to y'all as conversion therapy is to like lesbian, gay, bi, pansexual folks? If it's forced. If it's forced. Okay. Yeah. Yep, I'm seeing some nods. I figured that would be a quick answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, if it happens, like both I and Liz, Liz and myself, if that happens in the sense of if we were to integrate, that's fine. We thought that might've even happened the first time that we did the whole L thing and we weren't sure that we hadn't until we resolved again, so to speak. We went through stages at first of, wow, being plural is really going to complicate things. This sucks. 
And you've come to a place where it is possible to be plural and be dysfunctional. And it is possible for that dysfunction to be related to your plurality. And it is possible for that dysfunction to not be related or both. And in our case, it's a very synergistic thing. Being plural has been good for us. Our aims are the same. Our goals are the same. We are happy to be. And if we happen to find ourselves that we integrated, sure. But the reason we were so scared to talk to our therapist about it, if it wasn't for the fact that a friend had already done so, is that it's not that unusual to go to a therapist and have that be exactly what they go to. That's the advice that's so often given is, oh yeah, just integrate. That's and part of actively harmful generally. And even if you are quote unquote successful in doing that by force, it doesn't usually stick. Usually wind up worse off. It's yeah. It's like detransition. It's not inherently bad, but yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Most detransitioners are still trans, but society is so awful to them. And often therapists and people are, are still awful to them too, depending on where you live and who you get. I would say, um, like, yeah, there definitely are like good therapists for plural people in the same way that there are good therapists for trans people. And uh, we were really lucky to have a therapist who was super accepting and was not didn't have any like goals to try to mess with our plurality in any way that we didn't like want she's never even brought up like hey do you want to change this but that's not everybody's experience by a long way it, it definitely does seem pretty common for therapists to latch onto being like oh here's something to fix yeah you, you, yeah, advice to X. If you are working out that you're plural and you need advice and you needed help, I would either reach out to something that you can do anonymously. Some phone self-help lines will do that because that has less consequences than coming out directly to your therapist or reach out to the wider plural community because like one of the problems with just immediately coming out as plural is that people will very much see you a certain way and that way is colored by representation in media which is usually pretty awful and abysmal and also colored by that fucker's work and sorry i was meant to try and not call him that but <laughs> colored by ellen j francis md's work and so just please be careful keep yourself safe and if, if you have questions many plural people out there are happy to, to answer you and help you. You might have heard of hashtag plural gang. That's a good place to look if, you, if you're still questioning and you, you want to read other people's experiences. Awesome. With our last handful of minutes here, I would like to invite us to pivot towards resources. There's a number of questions I have about it, and I also want to have a little bit of spaciousness around discussing resources. I think it's important to do it justice. So first is, can you recommend any diagnostic resources for questioning folks? If there's any self-identified, not us identified, but self-identified eggs in the chat who are starting to feel the hatch happen, is there somewhere they can go read or look or learn about some of this stuff? And I know we have a whole list of resources that we generated before the show. I just wonder if there's anything additional that we maybe haven't brought up yet. Yeah, I brought up hashtag plural gang. That was a popular hashtag 
wellspring in the last couple of years. I think it came up on one of H. Bummer Guy's streams. Somebody came out as plural and then it sort of sparked a mass coming out. So like things tagged with that. You're going to get some mixed results, of course, but things tagged with that on Twitter. You might find some helpful resources in there. There's also a plurality mastodon, which again, you might get mixed results, but it's a community space. And even if you don't actually join it, there's a page with links to resources on it. And that's at plural.cafe. So that's a useful one. Awesome. Okay, I'll that, add the I'll add yeah. the Twitter hashtag to the list. The the Mastodon thing was on there already. Mm -hmm. Would someone like to take a moment to explain what Plural Kit is and how it works and why someone might choose to use it or not? Yeah, M. Plural Kit is a bot for Discord, which utilizes Discord's webhook functionality, to use the technical term, to allow Plural systems, the headmates of those systems to speak in the chat individually, to be distinguished. The only limitation, so to speak, I guess there's two at this point, are A, the name she was at, uncolored is white, that may get fixed in the future, and B, that they'll have the bot tag on them. Normally that feature is used by bots to, I don't know, show a feed for Twitter, YouTube, RSS feeds, things like that. In this case, it just generates an entry for each headmate of a system that wants to do. It stores info about each one that you can look up that is associated with the system and the account, the base account of that system. You can associate pronouns, other descriptions, things like that. It can be really helpful. A few days ago, they finally added an editing functionality, which was pretty big. I don't use it, really. I don't find it super useful for us. Our switches are pretty quote unquote stable in the sense that one of us fronts for a while and later someone else does, but there's plenty of systems where it's more rapid or people are getting in words here and there, and it's a lot more useful there. And especially because editing wasn't available till recently, we edit all the time, we're anxious, and we didn't want to give that up. Now, it's just mostly, it's still more work than it's worth, especially if you're an admin or a mod on the server, you don't have the name color, you don't have your roles. So it's, it's useful for a lot of people, and I encourage servers that are aware of it to add it. I've had it added to servers that I can have that done on. But obviously the choice of whether or not to use that is up to an individual system. Yeah, we don't tend to use that. But there's also one that I forgot to mention earlier, which is pluralevents.org holds some conferences and things which give, give interesting information and sometimes even history and things on uh, plurality and related concepts. So. That's, that's worth checking out. Is that one typed? Yes, it is. Awesome. We didn't have any plans really to use PluralKit once we started finding it available to us, but we do find ourselves dipping into it pretty often now nowadays, mostly in contexts where we want to leave some amount of context over who was fronting during a conversation or in cases where we've had like thoughts, something that we want to put down that is clearly from the other headmate, like an interjection effectively, we'll tend to use PluralKit in both those cases to, to make it clear in the course of the conversation who was 
active at what parts. But then we'll usually do most of our, most of the rest of our posts just with our regular account. Awesome. There are a number of other links and resources that folks can use to go read more. I'll be happy to post that in the chat in a minute. But are there any other resources that you all have in this thread that you would particularly like to highlight before we wrap up for the evening? Let me just take a quick squiz it again. Did, did we end up talking about the alternative to plural kit and, and the downsides of that or upsides of that? Okay, that might be something to go into another time then. More it, than one dot. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, it's the upper box. Some people that? take issue because it is a reference to the terminology of tulpas, which the concept of which I have no issue with, but the phrasing, the terminology is sourced from stuff that can be seen as a cultural appropriation. Top of box, I see. Up until now, for a while, it had the editing feature, while Pearl Kit didn't. That's no longer the case. It's fine. I, I prefer Pearl Kit for a lot of different reasons, personally. More than one dot info hashtag myths has some good like little snippets there for people who are new to plurality and want to know more about how to interact with them there's also an etiquette page which yeah it's not like overly complex stuff it's mostly just because as we were all saying earlier in various different words no plural system is a monolith of what plurality is or what plurality means it's mostly sort of general stuff that works well for most people I think that's all the links I have to highlight anyway. Okay. People are asking for the link in chat and I will do that in a moment. And does anyone else want to weigh in on resources before I invite Elle to share the short link and possibly plug another community that we've been typing about over there in the private chat? Oh, I thought you were asking if anyone else had anything before that, so I was just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If you do want to donate, whether you're listening now or if you're on a podcast listening to that in the future, because people don't read descriptions, or if you're watching the VOD later, the GoFundMe link itself is gofund.me slash D as in dog, A as in apple, three, C as in cat, F as in fox, four, E as in elephant, A as an apple. So that's gofund.me slash D A three C F four E A. And if you're watching this later on Twitch, you can see it having streamed in the chat. You can find it in the descriptions if you do look for it. Yeah. And we'd all appreciate anything that you're willing to do. Uh -huh. And in this case, that all is not just our system, that is also our lovely partner and our girlfriends and our friendly that we care about so much. Yeah, I think that's that. I'm so glad that we were able to get the ball rolling on this for their birthday because dang. And yeah, I'm really grateful to, to Gender Mielster for having invited us to their stream because this has actually been a lot of fun. And I'm also very grateful to everyone who came along to listen and paid attention. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so started, much for coming. Started as a joke late night. Harley asked what we wanted for our birthday. We were like, <laughs> this would never happen, but mm -hmm. it could happen. <laughs> On the topic of things happening or not, 
Our update on how this fundraiser has gone, at least during the live portion, we have raised $190 in the last handful of hours. And I know there are some people who donated before stream just because of all the promotion that we did. And I do hope that our listeners at home continue to consider contributing to this very worthwhile cause. If you learned something, it's very easy to send five, twenty, fifty, or a hundred dollars into the GoFundMe. I think it will be up and available for several weeks to follow this recording. It looks like M would like to chime in. If for some reason GoFundMe doesn't work for you, I don't want to volunteer. Jack, if someone wanted to like do PayPal or something like that, I could pass the links through you. That mm-hmm. happens to be relevant. Okay to- yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway, uh, someone can get a hold of me. I'm happy to connect folks. Is there another community you would like to plug here at the end of our show? I also see that Harley has a hand raised. Oh. <laughs> or you were that stretching. Was, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I was stretching. But I do have a my, my lovely girlfriend who I talked about earlier who drew this profile picture. Occasionally does commissions and you can find her on Instagram at um, JLB Illustration, which I'll paste in the chat. That's her username now. I build off that by saying that the image for me was drawn specifically for this GoFundMe by my friend B, who's very dear to me, that presumably you'll be watching this tomorrow. If you want to potentially try to commission something out of her, that's how she's making her money. Her Twitter is Skulls, but the L's are one, so S-K-U-1-1-S. And you can potentially reach out to her through that. And I don't have anyone to plug for my art because I took that photo myself. But I, yeah, if anyone wants to come hang out with us for, I don't know why you'd want to do do that. But if anyone wants to come hang out with us. Because you're all awesome. All seven and a half of you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And there's a condition and you're explicitly anti-capitalist. You can come check out our community left home at lefthome.info and uh, and come join that community. We're a pretty clo- a pretty cozy place. We're told by our members, and it's been a place that has been really important to me in my life, and that's why I spend so much time there. And at at some point, took a position on staff. It's been a, a really good, great place for our life in general. When you join, you will see that there's a thing where you get onboarded, you get asked some questions. Mm. Don't be scared. It's just checking some things like the capitalism stuff, some ableism stuff like, like Lane just mentioned. And yes, absolutely fuck capitalism. The person that she yeah. asked for that. Yeah. Is a final, yes, left home is great thing. If there are folks who are still listening, thank you for hanging until the end. If you have enjoyed some of the community guidelines or rules or offerings that we've done around casual ableism, like deconstructing casual ableism and casual oppression. So that takes ableism and expands it out into anti-racism and other other forms of oppression that we have accidentally in our language, as well as different things around best practices with content warnings and all of those things to keep our community feeling much more secure and cozy. A lot of those have been modified from some of Left Home's community guidelines with the participation and consent of the Left Home mod team, primarily L, which is like 
that's some of that secret super no one ever sees the work but Elle has been around for like almost a year at this point really su deeply supporting the community with some of the core tenants and pieces of what we're doing. Once more, thank you everyone who's donated and who is going to donate. Thank you to our guests for showing up and sharing so uh, openly and deeply about yourselves. I'm going to give you all a moment here to say goodnight while I look for someone for us to go raid. Yeah, like I said before, thank you all for coming so much. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being so understanding of some of the topics we talked about. And fuck those two fuckers and fuck capitalism. Good night. Yeah, good night. It's been really fun dipping into chat. And yeah, it's been really lovely to have a venue to talk about this and hopefully spread some amount of the knowledge and awareness that we've gained in trying to figure ourselves out.